love to hear you on those mics. This is Crow flying this uh, F-14 Tomcat. Pepper, come in. Pepper? You got Pepper. Pepper's here. One, two, one, two. Pepper on the mic. Uh, Beef. Let me hear you. You sound off. Beef, you you out there? Oh, this is Beef, the Beef Man. Ready to blow up some enemy bogeys. Let's oh. do this. Oh, well, I've got a good feeling about today, guys. We've got, uh... Some uh, serious incoming inbound MiGs heading in at your 12, your 3. Uh, we're gonna spread 15 to 25 bogeys, but we're gonna clean out the Pacific Ocean. So, uh, why don't you, uh, flip off those missile guards, ready those guns, watch your, your angles, and if you don't mind, I'm gonna put on a little music. Oh, hell yeah, go for it, Crow. All right, boys, I'm going in. Yeah. Oh, my God. Holy, oh, my gosh. Christ. Crow. Immediately. I, 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 I don't even 100% understand what happened. Just, bl just blown to bits. It's like she evaporated. We have all this. We all have the same buttons. We have the same buttons. I don't know how she even did that. There's like a clear music button, and then there's like a, like, you know, there's like a missile button that you push. Is there a self-destruct on these things? First up, I'm like, I'm just, I'm in shock. I'm grieving my friend, who I just watched die in front of me in a shower of flames. Uh, but also, I'm just like, I'm baffled as to how that happened. Also, how's the music still playing? <laughs> Well, that, that was that coming from was that coming from the ground or what? I well, however it's happening, I'll tell you what it it absolutely was not supposed to happen that way. Yeah, no. Well, look, look, this mission has to be done, and there's two people left to do it. I'm going in. Here we go. Go! Oh, Jesus Christ! The two in a row. <laughs> we we all have the same training. Oh my God. Um. Well. Hello, hello, come in, come in, uh, enemy pilot, come in. Are you doing this? <laughs> uh, no, no, I th I was wondering what, do you know what is happening? Because it looked like your ship blowing up for no reason. We have not even readied weapons. I, I don't, I also don't know what has happened. Um, uh, yeah, two of my, two of my co-pilots, uh, have just blown up into smithereens. We saw it on the radar, we saw it on through the ship. We saw, we saw, uh, it looked like... They just blow up in the middle of the sky. I, I have a, I have a question. Uh, yeah. What, what nation are we from? Uh, we are from enemy country. We are bad guys. We are. I know we are enemies. We are, we are from enemy bad country. We, what nation do we, do we occupy? We are from the Republic of Crespolia. Mm, yes. <laughs> Crespolia. I am welling up thinking of our national anthem. Let's play it. Yeah, let's play it. I'm going to go in hot. Here we go. Oh, 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 oh my god. Matt, wake up. Wake up. Uh, wake up. Uh, uh, whoa. Wake up. Hey. Pepper, wake up. What? Uh, hey. What? Oh. It was just a... Oh, no. You're in a hospital bed. You crashed your plane. <laughs> No oh. one else survived. No one else. No. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, patients when they first wake up can be uh, overwhelmed by feelings of grief, sadness. I know you're an incredible pilot. Uh, perhaps you'd like a little music. 
here in the uh no in the recovery please room. no don't put it don't, no, no music you. please i got gotcha. you here you go no and play <laughs> we try and fail to refuel and try and fail to land as we dig through the game slop that is top gun for nes this week on get played to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played! <laughs> I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Played. Wow. Uh, what a show we have this week, and what a guest we have with us to discuss a... A, t- a, a game for the, the Nintendo Entertainment System that I have some personal history with, which we'll talk about. Uh, our guest today is a writer and critic from the podcast Struggle Session and the call-in show Culture, which you can find at 1900culture.com. Leslie Lee III. Hi, Leslie. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for ha- having me, Leslie Lee III, call sign Osiris. Wow. <laughs> That's very cool. Wait, What's what the origin of, Os- yeah, of Osiris? What does that mean? What does that mean? Honestly, I was trying to think of something. I was going to go with Nubian first, but I thought that would be too black, perhaps, for the audience. So I was like, maybe Osiris, just the Egyptian Great. god. Not super, super black, but black Very enough. cool. Sure. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Because you can't be saying Osiris up in the air. Where I was like, Osiris, talk to me. You're already shot by the time you get Osiris out. <laughs> sure, That's why sure. Mav is, Maverick is short into Mav, obviously. You got to keep it one syllable. Exactly. Uh, Leslie, I, I, I know you're a, uh, you're a guy who plays some video games and, uh, I, I know you're a guy who've mixed it up a little bit with Halo in the past. Did you mess around with Halo Infinite any? Halo Infinite? Yes. I've actually been playing a lot. I'm actually not a big Halo fan. I've always been a PlayStation hmm. guy. This is actually, sure. re- I haven't had owned the Xbox at all until maybe the last, maybe since the pandemic, basically. I never had an Xbox. So I never played the old Halos, but I have played Halo Infinite multiplayer. I have a good time with it, even though I know the fan base mostly is unhappy uh, with it. Right. I played I played the single player. It was fine, but I skipped every single cutscene. Like it was brutal <laughs> uh, to even try to piece together any of the lore or the story. I could not uh, deal with it. But yeah, I've been playing the uh, multiplayer fairly regularly, and my partner uh, got got way way into it. They play yeah. basically like every. A weekend get, getting pretty good at it too. I found myself getting pretty good at Halo, which kind of scared me, like worried mm-hmm. me. I was like, why am I getting good at Halo? What am I doing? I'm an adult. This is what I should have <laughs> done when I was in middle school. I got scared. I didn't know. I thought I was becoming too powerful. So I, I took a step back. <laughs> yeah. Do you, is that your, like, uh, you know, do you, do you go for deathmatch? Do you go for just a, a lot of online multiplayer? What's the bulk of your gaming time? 
No, I don't like multiplayer. I'm not a big multiplayer fan. I can probably name on one hand the number of multiplayer, especially first-person shooters, that I really got seriously into. Like, I've played, right. sampled all of them, you know. You download Warzone, you play it for a week, and you're done with it. But of, of the games I actually got into, probably Killzone 2 is probably the number one first-person shooter I was really into and I wow. spent the most uh, time with. And I haven't spent that much time with one since. I played a lot of Apex, but that was more because other people were playing. If it was up to me, I would probably have played Apex once and be done with. I'm much more of a single-player person uh, than online multiplayer. Uh, let's talk about single-player a little bit because uh, a game we've talked about a lot in the show and then you and I discussed uh, uh, Off-Pod a little bit previously and a game I think you had some enthusiasm for is The Last of Us Part Two. You're a fan of that. Yes, love the game. Love it so much. Absolutely thought it was amazing. I know uh, it's controversial, but I love right. the storytelling in it. I loved the fact that you did not have a choice, that you did not have choices, that you could not change past. That was, that was the number one thing people complained about, but it was like, no, this is a story about people, well, characters, that we used to say, mm -hmm. but characters, and they make their own choices. It's not you, the gamer, making the choice for <laughs> for them. I thought it was a like a really like touching, but brutal, epic, epic story in a game. Yes. I've never, I, I don't know if I've ever really quite had a gaming experience like that, aside from The Last of Us Part 1. It, those are two of my favorite games. Uh, I love The Last of Us Part 1, and I, I still like it more than Part 2. Uh, I'm curious about your rankings, but like, like I, I really like part two and I really like understood. I felt like what they were going for. I think that's kind of the, the pod consensus. It was interesting. There was such like a, a revolt against it. And it just seemed like a lot of it was just like, I don't want to feel things that make me feel like bad. Like, I don't want to be upset. You know, I just want this to be a straight power fantasy. I just want Joel to kick ass and, uh, I, I mean, just want some, more of what I like in the first game. Uh, some of us had another complaint, which was, where the fuck is Factions? Like, yes. Yes. Mm, yes. A multiplayer. Every time there's a state of play, which there was one this week, and, and all of the Last of Us Factions forums that I still follow were like, oh, here we go. Here we go. It's going to get announced. And it never, it's never going to happen. It's never he coming out. Heather, thank you so much for mentioning Factions because that's the other multiplayer oh. game that I got super into. I was obsessed wow. with it. Obsessed. It's so good. It's so, it. good. so good. Like, Leslie and I cannot convey to you because you guys weren't factions players no. how good factions is. It, it's just it's next level. And it, it's so simple. It does. It's you know, it's I don't know what the phrase is, you know, easy to play, but you know, uh, difficult to master something like that. But like it gets so deep and it requires a lot of teamwork, but not necessarily with mics. If you're, you know, smart enough and you and you're playing with people who know the game. I, I'd never re really played with mics, but we still have like some I still have very good competitive run in that game. I absolutely fell in love with that game. It's fantastic. It has a little meta game, but kind of like a the, going on too to keep you playing with it week after week, you yeah. know. Right. Uh, and so it's not you know boring, and you can switch factions. It's a fantastic multiplayer game. I loved it. In fact, I still like. I, I think maybe maybe six months ago, I got some people together to play it uh, some more. It, oh no, it, it was actually before Last of Us Part Two came out because we were anticipating paying factions coming out and yep. so we were like okay let's play the old factions because this new factions part two is supposed to come out is not here i don't know <laughs> what the hell they're doing over there factions is the only thing i've ever made video game clips and posted them up on youtube for i think in my in my in my gaming career was factions 
Uh, it is it is the most addictive multiplayer I've ever played. And mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember what broke my habit because I was it would it used to be that I would come home from work, play factions, go to the bar, get drunk, come home, play factions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. I stopped drinking, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that explains half of it. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, did you uh, like, because ha- when I used to get uh, and and I'm, I'm thankfully out of this habit now, but I was really into Hearthstone and then I'd like start drinking and play Hearthstone and then just like start losing like way more than I normally would and then just get frustrated and get drunker and then like buy packs in frustration, like spend money on this fucking cash sink of a game. Did you have uh, like uh, were you better or worse or about the same when you were inebriated? Me? Yeah. I was fucking biblical when I was in. I was <laughs> same with same wow. with Street Street Fighter. Like if there if, if there the the consideration of a next like there's a there's a threshold. There's like a level cap with drinking, and if you hit mm-hmm. the level cap, it's now I'm too drunk to like physically move. But it would erase for me. It would erase all doubt. All, all second guessing, all consideration. I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm going there. I'm going to fucking kill that guy. And like, it, it, like I just became this like sort of sloshy machine. And um, so, yeah, no, I felt I felt much better uh, as a player. The only different the only thing that would be different is depending on how drunk I'd get. I'd w- I'd wake up, start playing the next day and be like, what the fuck am I wearing? Like that would be like. <laughs> I wish they'd they'd rename the uh, uh, the blood alcohol content level the level cap. Uh, yeah. So you're over the level cap. <laughs> you come with me. Uh, that's wild. You're, like I've talked to three people. Uh, like I know three people personally who are were really into factions, and two of them are here. Uh, but like I know they had a, there was a community. I know a lot of people were playing it. And and I wonder like why they haven't continued because it, it feels like a it feels like something of a no brainer for the new generation. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, people are still playing the game, but it's just like I don't yeah. know. Like they they advertised that factions were coming with with the single player release, and then when it was delayed, we thought, okay, maybe it's going to be you know a couple months because first of all, you already paid. We already paid our sixty dollars for it. We already paid sure. for this expansion, and we knew they were trying to do some fiddling where it was because first of all, the first one had a lot of DLC, lots of DLC. And it got worse and worse uh, over time. But like, first off, it started very, very cool. Like, not a lot of stuff you can buy, just cosmetics. But then I think maybe around, maybe a few months later, the Gamer Year Edition, they're like, all right, we can pump a little bit. We can get a little bit more juice out of this one. And we knew that they were going to juice us with factions, too. We knew it was going to be made par- perhaps free to play, lots of cosmetic items, lots of, right. you know, you know, DLC to buy. But then they just... They did something even worse. They just didn't put it out. Like it's even it's even worse than that. It, it's just free, easy money. I think for them, but I don't know. I don't know what the holdup possibly could be, except for the fact that they've just shifted attention to a different game or something. I've heard right. rumor. I've heard rumor that the and by heard I mean read, and by read I mean on the internet. On the internet, I've read that... uh, A post you made. Yeah, a post I posted drunk and then read (laughs) with shock. Uh, No, I've heard that alongside with the HBO series, 
they're going to re-release mm-hmm. a PlayStation 5 Last of Us Part 1. And attached mm-hmm. to that will be a new revamped Factions. Oh. Yeah, Is I know they've been working on that PS5 remake, which... You know, seems a little soon for a full-fledged remake, but that's our that's our world now. And also, I like what fuck it, I'll play a fucking PS5 Last of Us. Why not? Yeah. So, what am I complaining about? Um, that was a that that there was a whole. I think Jason Schreier wrote up a uh, past guest, Jason Schreier of Bloomberg and of Triple Click, had a write up about that. The uh, the PlayStation Five Last of Us remake originally was a different studio. And it began as an Uncharted PS5 remake, and they were like, this is just going to be too ambitious. So they moved up to Last of Us, and then it got handed, like, they kind of unceremoniously taken away and given back to Naughty Dog. Um, Mm. But it was just, like, one of those, it it was one of those Sony internal struggle pipeline stories that was pretty, like, made you, like, uh, upset about how the industry works. But whatever, I fucking hope the thing ends up, uh, turns out okay. Um, I I, I do want to ask a little bit more before we get into... uh, uh, well, shit, what am I doing? Before we get into this week's uh, topic, uh, we have one big question to ask of you, Leslie, and the, and the panel. That question, of course, is what are you playing? Uh, I've got a question mm-hmm. well, before we get into it. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a big remake announced this week. That's right. Oh, yeah. On the State of Play Resident Evil 4 you, remake. You, Very you, exciting. You think, you think I lost my job? Do Did they recast you? Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard anything, I don't think that's a great sign. That no. that again, they could be integrating you pretty late in the process. You know, no. maybe uh, maybe they worry about getting the core gameplay loop yeah. up and running and and all rebuilding right. the levels. You know, yeah, a new yeah, engine. Yeah, yeah. yeah upresing all the textures. But I, um, I, I just want to say that you know, if I'm not working on that, then mm-hmm. I'm real happy to be here because I want to know. Ooh, what are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, what are you playing lately? Well, of course, I recently completed Elden Ring. I have not begun my wow, second congrats. journey. Uh, I have not begun my second journey uh, quite yet. I've, only, I've well, actually, I dipped my toes in it, but I think I'm gonna wait uh, before I complete it. I'm sure you've talked about Elden Ring a ton, a ton on the show already. I think it's like maybe the goat game of all time. It might be my favorite game of all time. Wow. Uh, I'm a huge From Software fan and I absolutely love the whole series. But everybody's heard about that. But I actually want another game I've been playing though in the same genre is a game called Salt and Sacrifice, which is Ooh. a 2D side-scrolling Metroidvania Souls-like, uh, which is the sequel to Salt and Sanctuary, which is one of my favorite, favorite games. It's probably my second favorite Souls-like game beside that's not made by From Software, um, aside from maybe The Surge. You know, it's just a really great game, uh, a beautiful art style made by like one, like two people made this huge, massive uh, 2D game that captures everything you love about Dark Souls. I don't know if, I think the original is a little bit better than the sequel, Salt and, uh, Salt and Sanctuary, is a little bit better than Salt and Sacrifice, but they're both incredible, worth playing, and look absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the uh, How deep into it are you? I, I've probably, Salt and Sanctuary, I don't know. I don't know how, because it doesn't have a map, so you don't quite right. know how big it is, but I like that. I, I, it, it, I It's the same feeling, I guess, I got with Elden Ring, where you thought the game was about this size, and then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, so I don't know quite how far I'm into it, but the original Salt and Sanctuary was huge, huge. It was a, probably at least the size of, you know, something like Symphony of the Night. Wow. Uh, oh, wow, okay. 
Uh, the I, I'm curious. I I I, I uh, this this looks rad, and I do want to check it out. But I, I am curious because you mentioned Elden Ring and you finished it. What was your build? Oh, I uh, samurai. I was I stuck with the wow. samurai for most. Oh, of, that's awesome. I, yeah, I did, and yeah, I did. Uh, I really stuck with the the straight katana for like maybe 60 70 percent of it and then i started trying out the cheesier katanas the like moonlight blade and then i ended up being like a blood dude i like the blood stuff and the <laughs> like the what is it what is it called the pot the was it rivers of blood sword yeah um, that's a good one yeah. yeah i use that a lot and i use the uh the the flies the blood flies when you get those oh i love the flies <laughs> oh they're so good they're so good they they did nerf them uh with a uh, update or two before but man they mm. they were just crushing people it, it doesn't matter if it was the um it was it was a, another player or if it was like a boss it would just add even um what, what's the one everybody has trouble i they all start millennia? with him yes it started with yeah. millennia even like the flies they used to rip her up before the update mm. wow yeah i uh i i got all the way to the end game as a strength build and then saw the flies and was like ah oh, fuck and had to go level up only that stat so that I could also have flies. Oh, the flies <laughs> are so fun. They're so fun. And what what I liked, what I had a lot of fun with them, I actually, I actually kind of regret that I moved on to New Game Plus when I did because I was having a lot of fun with multiplayer. Because in Elden Ring, unlike um, the multiplayer, uh, the invasions in the previous Dark Souls games, this is completely unfair if you pick the right spot to invade. Like, if you invade <laughs> next to, like, where a dragon is, or, or like, th there's not, there's almost nothing you can do. Especially, like, so you, a dragon's attacking them, and then you're sending flies out of there, and they're getting distracted by that. They're gonna die. And another thing I like to do is right before the last boss fight, there's this oh. narrow hallway. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now if you know how Dark Souls works, you only can get invaded if you're summoning people. And of course, people get scared and they start summoning people before sure. the last boss. You invade half the time. They think you're the friend coming to help them and they're dead before they even know it. They're Or they're not even paying attention. They're looking the other way. Their backs are turned. And you can just slice them up or even better when they actually see you. And then you can still kill them two on one, three on one. Doesn't matter as long as you you are confident and you keep attacking. You send those flies at them. I love I love that shit. I love being able to take out people three on one. It's one of the most satisfying feelings. And you know you've just drained like a few minutes out of their day because they have to go back, summon all those guys again. It's so fun. <laughs> that was the site of the accidental near murder of Matt Apodaca yeah, was yeah. that hallway. Oh. Uh, Still uh, I, uh, very scary for me to think about. I was uh, I was waiting. I was like, hey, Matt, I'm around if you, if you want help on the last boss. And he didn't reply. So I was like, eh, well. Guess I'll invade. And then like started invading and at one point accidentally almost murked my good friend. Yeah. And then I didn't know what to do. I started screaming in, in my place. I was got really scared and I just, I killed Heather. I didn't know what to do. I just like I'm sorry. I expect that to be how I go IRL someday. Just encountering Heather in a hallway. All right, here we go. Old boy style. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's rad. Uh, uh, wait, the title again, Salt and Sanctuary. That's the new one? Uh, Salt and Sacrifice, but they're both Salt absolutely wor worth playing, yeah. 
That's rad. Uh, 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 I'll check them out. Um, uh, Matt, I know you've been spending some time with Diablo Immortal, which yes. I dug a little bit into, but you, you spent more time with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm about, I'm, I'm on level 30 in Diablo Immortal, um, and it's, you know... It's a very frustrating game because it's like it's good. It, I, I'm enjoying sure. the like Diablo aspect of it. I, I, I'm a late in life uh, Diablo uh, fan. My first Diablo was Diablo three. So there's more in this one than I li- that I like that I'm more used to than um, when I played the uh, Diablo two um, like remaster or remake uh, that I do want to get back into. Um, but like this one is a little fat. It moves a little faster. It looks a little sleeker, right? Because it's like it's a little more modern. Um, and I, I I like all that stuff. I'm I played a, a I'm playing a wizard right now because I like the magic powers. I like uh, there's like a beam power that you can get, and it just you just fucking wreck people with this beam. It oh, rocks. the beams rule. The beams, beams rule are so good. They're so so good. And then like I, there's just a couple other like magic spells that I really like. But like if, once I got a beam, you feel like God. Like it's like it's it's crazy. Right. Um, but the thing that like has been you know sort of widely reported and everybody's writing about this and, and, and talking about this uh, is the the because uh, it's a free to play Diablo game. So there are of course microtransactions in this thing and it has some of the like grossest like most egregious like uh microtransactions in like any game that i've ever played like it's like it's really like it's kind of gross truly predatory the 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 figure that i've seen cited and that i and it was maybe an article you linked to me to me matt is a hundred ten thousand dollars to max out your character which is which is just you know that like just the the thought of absent-mindedly putting that much money into a game like that is it, it, it's soul crushing to think about it. it's like really yes. like because that's you know it's, it's a trap people will fall into because i i will say there have been twice so far while playing it where i've hovered over the um like the purchase button because i was like oh it's 99 cents knowing that's very much how they get you it's 99 cents one time right yes but then if you're, you you once you're okay with 99 cents you're okay with two dollars you're okay with three dollars from there uh and it's just like it's just too much and so i'm gonna try to play as much of this as i can without spending any money because yeah. it's, it's 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 easy enough to ignore you just have to click a red x and close the window that is offering you a microtransaction uh or don't in, uh, engage with that part of the game at all um, but it is just it's 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 very much a part of it. It's very there. You said something to me, Matt, which I, I agree with, which is I wish I could just buy it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to be my attitude as I get further into it. I want you know, I want to play it with a controller because the mobile controls are are decent, but it's still yeah. like I hate the virtual analog stick. I just I, I can't. It doesn't it, feel it, it right. Just not, doesn't feel great. I'm sure they tried a bunch of different control schemes. You know, the original couple Diablos and I've been playing Diablo since Diablo one. They, uh, you know, it was like kind of click to move, and so I was, I was thinking they might go with that scheme, but no, it's, it's like a virtual stick. Uh, I think if I, if I bust out a controller, I have a little bit more fun with it. But I think my attitude will be like, I'll, I'll maybe buy a game's worth of, uh, you know, fucking bonus bundles, whatever the fuck they're called, like, like, mm-hmm. a, like, you know, the, the, the seals or the crests you need. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe buy like, you know, whatever how, the cost of one game's worth of stuff and then just see how far I can get. Uh, but, but more than that, I mean, it's just like, I really think there's, there's been such, so much criticism about this that I think they're going to adjust drop rates just so it's not quite as onerous to, to max yeah. out your character. I can't have, imagine it. They have, uh, buckled, 
to like fan pressure in the past, like what you were telling me with Diablo three, like which that's is the, the whole Odyssey yeah. of the Diablo games. Yeah, the Diablo yeah. franchise. They, a new Diablo comes out, everyone's pissed off, and then <laughs> uh, they they come out with apology DLC in like a year, and everyone's happy. You yeah. know, it's just that's that's always they they always patch and update it. They come out with some new iteration of it that that fixes all the problems that are in the initial release. So I, I expect that to happen at some point, but yeah. you know, it's always a slow crawl with Blizzard. I would imagine that they're they, they've uh, opened this door for this like. Very, 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 very expensive cap, right? Mm-hmm. And then, right. And, and you guys didn't just say this. I was only hearing the echo of it in my own head. Uh, and that once they capture that money from a few extremely liquid individuals, mm-hmm. then they will change the pricing scheme, right? Mm-hmm. Or oh, yeah, they will, interesting. Uh, so, so it's just, it is a short window to get people. Like when I would play fucking sim city on the ipad and i would look at people's like purchased cities and i'd be like this is this is 10 15 thousand dollars worth of virtual real estate i'm looking at yeah what is the fucking point of this yeah it's wild you know there was that app that was like rich app or whatever when the iphone first came out and it was like a thousand dollars to have like a gold button remember people do do it i want that button I'm buying it now. Leslie, have you have you messed around with the Diablo franchise? Yeah, I played Diablo three and only Diablo Diablo three, and I loved it. Uh, I don't know Super if it fun. ever ends. Uh, I played a, a decent <laughs> chunk of it. I, I didn't ever got to the end game or anywhere close to that, but I loved playing it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, those games are fun. I mean, yeah. Diablo Immortal is fun. What I played of it, I'm I'm getting a, a you know I'm I'm gonna play it with a controller just because I want to spend more time with it. It's it's a really just like the killing tons of things and collecting lots of loot is fun. It's just a, the monetization is a bummer. Yeah. And the beams are just are so fun, and the waves too. The waves are good. The waves are good yeah. as well. Waves are good. Uh, I, I, there is an end game to Diablo three, and I highly recommend uh, revisiting because that's what I took a, a big chunk of time off of Diablo three, got back into it, and I was like, I'm going to see the end of this game, and I did. And obviously, there, you know, you can then do rifts, like unlimited rifts, basically, and just like keep going and going. But like the story has a finite uh, end to it, and it's such a, it's very very fun, and the final yeah. boss is really, really fun and cool. Oh, cool! Uh, big recommendation. Uh, Heather, what have you been playing lately? Well, what I've been playing is more of the PlayStation Vita, which you guys know because I'm texting you uh, about how crazy it is that the Vita even exists. Um, I when I look. So iPhones don't have OLED yet. Right. And the fucking Vita had OLED in 2011. This the system is 11 years old at this point and still has a better screen than the iPhone which is fucking <laughs> madness. I, I've been it's, playing a, a a visual novel called Remaster or Remake about a girl who joins a, a video game company. I mentioned it last week on the podcast and I was like, yes. a, I was concerned that it was porno and it is. Uh, it, a it, valid uh, concern. <laughs> it, I mean, I, I haven't seen any naked girls yet, but I've, I've the farther I've gotten into the story, I'm like, oh, okay, this is... So far, it doesn't sound like porno that I've seen. Yeah, There's a character who's like, 
you know, if you get <laughs> if it's hard working at the video game company, you can always grab my boobies. And I'm mm. like, oh, okay, that's what this game is. I yeah. okay. Um, I and went, you can like that's like in the game. No, it's not. She oh. just says it, and then you're like, oh. no, thank you. Um, also, but you can you can say you can say uh, yes. You no, don't you have can't. To say There's no, no option. You. There's no option. Okay. Right. There's no. So far, I've made no okay. choices. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm out. But it seems to exist <laughs> in a world where there are no men. Because one character mm. references her mom's mm-hmm. at some point, and I'm like, ah, oh, this there's no there's no dudes in this. It's like an alternate reality where there's no dudes. Okay, I went on the Vita store because I, you know we're always a little concerned. Uh, when you know when is the Vita store going to go down? When won't you be able to purchase right. games for it anymore? Yeah, and found this game <clears throat> on the Vita store. And it's still priced at sixty four ninety nine. No, <sighs> no. Woof, <laughs> Nintendo shit. Yeah, but the I Heather is so funny. You mentioned the Vita because I was literally just sitting thinking maybe three days ago. I was like, man, we really didn't appreciate the Vita. That was an amazing <laughs> machine. It's a place. It literally was a PlayStation three in your hand with an yeah. amazing screen. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what we were fools. We were fools we, for not we understanding fools. it. I yeah. think people got so wrapped up in the back touch screen. Like the because the back of the machine was touch sensitive. And it was like, what can you do with that? And it was like, no, nobody needs to do anything with that. It didn't need to be released with a touch screen on the back of the device or a touch surface. Mm-hmm. You know, a dual sense for the for the actual holding of the machine. I don't I I don't know why it failed. Like holding it and playing it recently, I'm like, this is a fucking dream machine. Like the 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 switch as it was released is too big. It's too bulky. It's mm-hmm. like it feel like the Joy-Cons always feel like they're about to break off in my hands. Yes. Um like it That it, little it, kickstand too. You forget yeah. like what a how fuck what a pain in the ass that is. Until until the Switch Lite was released. Which also doesn't have as nice a screen as the Vita. Right. Uh, sure. Until the Switch Lite was released, it didn't feel like a, a truly portable machine. The Vita was the best handheld for like a decade, and everybody slept on it. It's so good. Yeah. Speakers suck a little bit, but otherwise, great machine, great but experience. Hey, hey, it has Bluetooth, which the Switch did not. It's, <laughs> It, Did not the, until a software update, which yeah. is <laughs> strangest things ever. <laughs> sure, it just had Bluetooth the whole time. We just didn't turn it on. We had, to, we had to change a variable from false to true, and now you can use Bluetooth on your Switch. Um, it was, it's, it's, yeah, it was, it's, uh, it, it, it absolutely was. I mean, I never. Here's the thing. I'm part of the problem. I never owned a Vita. I was just like, I don't need this thing. Uh, but I look at it now. I'm just like, fuck. I want a Vita. It's just so sleek. Hey, it's, if you're thinking about a Vita, get it now. The prices are the price of the brick is going to keep going up. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's it's right in the window of like basically retail. In five years, it's going to be a thousand dollars to get a Vita. Oh yeah, right. So, uh, well, I uh, well, hey, speaking about the future, whether that be five years or five hundred years from now, I've been playing Citizen Sleeper some more. I think I'm in the end game of this. It's I, I'm really enjoying it. I talked about it last week. It's uh, it's you know, it's it's uh, 
it's very much a, a, a non-combat RPG. It's just a lot of uh, very, very tabletop inspired, a lot of, uh, you know, just like very ornate storytelling, intricate storytelling, and a lot of really great characters. The character art I talked about is just just really, really dazzling um, and really adds to, you know, it adds to the writing. The writing itself is very strong and just like so much of it. It's it's another one of those ones where, and it's not quite as expansive as Disco Elysium, but it's the same sort of thing where you're just like, man, just like the amount of text that was uh, uh, that was written for this game, and that is all that is so good. It's so like compelling, and you know, strong. There's such strong characterization and and good storytelling. The narrative design is really really good. Um, the only thing that I would say is that I've been playing more of it. Is it feels like. You know, it's class-based and you pick a character class and it feels like as you go through that you're just kind of being narrowed into the same character. I mean, maybe that's just not like that, that that's mm. that's based on how you choose to use your upgrade points. But the way that the, the kind of the upgrade tree is set up, it's like eventually it, it reaches a point where it just seems most economical to kind of have like a character, an all around sort of character who can kind of do everything versus a specialist. Um, and I do kind of feel like sometimes the story, the the choices in it are a little bit of a, you know, a, like like, hey, do you want to do you want to babysit this guy's uh, this guy's daughter so that he can go work a a, a shift uh, as the uh, constructing a ship or do you not want to do that? And I just kind of like, well, yeah, I'll do the, I'll make the interesting choice, you know, but it's like, like, it feels like sometimes the, the, it's guiding you towards one choice versus the other. And that, that, that maybe the alternative is, um, it's, it's just not that tough of a decision. Um, Again, maybe in the end game, Mm -hmm. that's where it really comes down to like, oh shit, am I going to rescue myself or rescue someone else? Or like, like, uh, as I ultimately escape this scenario that I'm in, uh, you know, would, how exactly do I choose to do that? But it, it just just in terms of like as a as a bit of futurism, it's like first off, it's super duper like ambitious. Like it has just like this i this this scope about it. This that that it's just like thinking about what the future could be in like a very you know, uh, just a very bold way. It's 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 not just like hey everyone has nicer tablets. And then also <laughs> it's uh it it's like really just like a really strong critique of of capitalism and just how, you know, what ends up happening, like, like the problems with the future won't necessarily be the technologies that are unleashed, but that how, you know, if we have, if we still live in a sort of a, a global capitalism or, or a global capitalist or uh, intergalactic capitalist system, how that the, the, you know, that system will exploit these technologies. So yeah, I, I, again, it's on game pass, which I think I mentioned last week. So if you're looking for a, a, a good piece of writing, a uh, nice nifty little adventure RPG. I I definitely recommend Citizen Sleeper. Um, but hey, let's talk about this week's topic. We're gonna discuss a famously reviled game in video game history. It's Game Slop. And hey, Top Gun Maverick is in theaters, so we're talking Top Gun for the NES. Developed and published by Konami, released in November of 1987, and ultimately sells two million copies, including to my parents. To uh, uh, satisfy the whims of my brother and me, who are very excited about the Top Gun franchise and wanted to play it at home on our console. I, I, I'm curious. Let, 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 I want to start here. Like, does it, it? How does everyone feel about the Top Gun franchise and are people seeing Top Gun Maverick? I actually just got out of the movie theater, and let wow, me tell you, wow. one the most exhilarating piece of military 
Terry propaganda I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, my God, my God. I love the movie, love the film. It's absolutely yes. amazing. But you have to turn a little part of your brain off. And the, thankfully, Tommy, Tom Cruise does. He's a magic maker. He he turns that part of the brain off for you. It takes him about 15 minutes because when it starts out, like the stakes are like, oh, we need to do this contract for Lockheed Martin or else they're going to go over to drones to kill, you know, brown people overseas. And we want to be right. the ones killing brown people <laughs> overseas. But once you get kind of past that and it becomes about like a Star Wars type trench run and practicing yes. for that. It's it becomes a pretty, you know, very exhilarating, very exciting movie. I w- the whole time I was just thinking, man, I wish this was just like about like a like a sci-fi movie about the far future right. and fire pilots in the far future because then I wouldn't have to keep thinking about the fact that oh, we're supp- I I'm actually rooting for the uh, not Iran country to defend their like territory from <laughs> yeah. this, this invading force of you know they're cool guys I like them but you know I was kind of rooting for them all to crash and burn and the <laughs> not Iranians to win and be able to enrich their uranium or probably what it actually probably was well in real life it probably would have been like a factory that makes like baby formula or medicine right right that's a that that the top guns would would have been going after but other than that i mean great movie and i did go and get the d-box i've been i've been uh, very unhappy with d-box before the top the d-box engineers for top gun they did their due diligence you feel every (laughs) single twist and turn is actually worth it if you have not seen it in d-box or whatever you got out there in your neck of the woods Go back, see Top Gun with the moving seats with the vibration. It's actually kind of worth it. I might have to see it. I saw it in IMAX. I might have to see it again in, in the D box uh, because, yeah, it's I I same same to you. Like when you think about how authoritarian it is, it's just sort of like it it's you you you're you're exactly right. You have to turn that part of your brain off. But yeah, just a just a fucking awesome action movie. I mean, it you, just you, absolutely. You yeah. also have to turn off like everything you think about Tom Cruise when he's not in a movie like you're so, you sure have to then just be like okay yeah this guy uh is like the number one guy in this like insane uh like cult but he also he's fucking rocks he's so great he's so yeah. goddamn good I'm trying to climb the ladder in in that uh right now so uh, oh. let's just tone down the anti-scientology talk <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet I'm waiting for uh a time when I can find like a 1030 a.m. showing with mm-hmm. no other people in the theater or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm so excited to see it. Um, I'm I'm going to turn that part of my brain up. I'm going to have it be the loudest <laughs> part of my experience. <laughs> uh, I saw it in a very packed theater, a theater that you like you knew it was going to be a, a like a hot house because there Nicole Kidman for the AMC intro got a got applause. So I was like, OK, this is going to be a hot crowd. Yeah. Um, And I liked the movie so much. It, it was like the most fun I've had in a theater since. Uh, since uh, since this whole quarantine era and people and I started going back to the movies again, it, it just just was such a blast with that crowd um, and eating all that shit up. Uh, and I was one of them that I I think of I have a I had a friend who went to an AEW show, a wrestling show, mm-hmm. and got COVID at it. Oh no! And was like late, like it wasn't just like like ah, I tested positive. It was like he was like laid up, like it like really hit him hard. And after and after all that, he was like. 
it was worth it. The show was that good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I feel about Top Gun Maverick. I had that much fun at the movie that I, I think if I got COVID, it would have been okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I got COVID uh, right before I could see Top Gun Maverick, so I have not seen it yet. Uh, and uh, I, I'm very excited to go out there and see it. But I also had not seen the original, uh, so I put that on last night in preparation yeah. uh, for this. And man, dudes rock. Dudes <laughs> fucking rock. Being a dude rocks. Those dudes yes. rock. I was so fucking pumped. I almost took my shirt off. I was like sitting on the couch by myself. I was like, this rules. I yeah, love this. Awesome. These guys are the best dudes ever. I want to hang with them and I want to be their best friend. I, uh, I think so you like I part two. Yeah. I have a story about Top Gun, uh, which is that I, I once was in Vegas with a, with my girlfriend and uh, my, my best friend. And, uh, she had never seen, this was many, many years ago. So I'm not talking about, uh, Mary, this is an ex, uh, and she had never seen Top Gun, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's one of his favorite movies. And I was like, oh, but there's a little, there's a little, uh, gay in, innuendo in this movie. It's a little homoerotic. Yeah. And it, we were like, oh, let's do a drinking game. Uh, anytime there's like a little homoeroticism in it, we'll do a shot. <laughs> oh, no. So after like 10 minutes, I was like, I'm <laughs> fucked up. I cannot have more. <laughs> and my, my best friend got so drunk and blackout that he had to overturn the hotel trash can crawl into it and fall asleep sideways so that he was throwing up constantly oh, into Jesus. the trash can. Oh, no. And we only made it 30 minutes into the movie. Ooh. That was as far as Oh, my as God. We Did y'all even get to wow. the volleyball scene? Yeah, well, I think that was about where it was just okay, like. Okay, yeah, that's when it gets a little bit too cannot, much. We can't fucking yeah. do it anymore. Start fucking chugging from the handle. He, uh, yeah, he, I think he. He had like severe, not sev not like hospital alcohol poisoning, but he had severe alcohol yeah. poisoning. Jesus, he's in the danger That's, zone. Yeah, he was in the danger zone. That was the last <laughs> time I saw Top Gun. <laughs> wow, uh, I I rewatched it a couple of years ago. I didn't rewatch it in advance of seeing Maverick, but I, I I did have a similar reaction to Matt of like, oh, this holds up pretty decently. Uh, I don't feel the same way about the game, which I remember liking as a kid, <laughs> although I remember it being very hard and. The, the things that the, the, the part of, I, I think, you know, again, aside from just being like, oh, this is Top Gun, the game. Top Gun is so cool. I want to play this game when I was like seven years old or whenever this came out. Uh, apart from that, there was another game around the same time, which was in arcades, which was Sega's Afterburner. Hell and yeah. I remember it being like it feeling like, oh, this is the home version of Afterburner. Not exactly, but it's like mm -hmm. this is like the, you know, the obviously Afterburner is I, probably a better game. I, I haven't replayed yes. it in a long time. And um uh and uh, and certainly looks a lot better. And certainly, if you're playing with that arcade, that that sit down cabinet, it's a fucking really cool experience. But it was just like, oh shit, it's a flight game. It's like Afterburner, but I can play this at home. I played fucking Afterburner in the 360 machine at wow. Sega DreamWorks, which was fucking crazy. There was the a cockpit that you got in, mm -hmm. and when you did a loop de loop, the cockpit did a loop de loop. Like you went wow. full 360. It was, it was the, like, you, I don't understand. What, why? Who, somebody should be selling that shit to like very rich people, right? Maybe <laughs> it does exist. 
Maybe that exists. I'm sure. No, it actually exists. does. It actually is a thing um, that I, I saw this uh, uh, maybe a year ago. They were going around to rich people's homes and basically saying, "I we can install like a full arcade for you in your home." And but it turns out it's usually like like a Raspberry Pi or some mm. shit. But they charge oh, sure. them like thousands of dollars uh, <laughs> for this sort of thing. Is re- I actually really dig it. I like it. Yeah, I like that. Um, the, uh, uh, th- that's the, those are the same people who are spending $110,000 on Diablo Immortal. <laughs> like, oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, this, the, here, here's the thing about this game. The difficulty for me is centered in two things. And I, I, I'm not even just for me. I think this is pretty much the universal re- reaction. Refueling and landing. There's these two elements that you have in the game that are just like I I I could never really get a handle on as a kid. I felt like I was always crashing my plane at the end of the mission. And I thought that maybe as an adult, it's like, okay, well, I have a little bit more, you know, a, a, a lot more gaming experience. I could probably figure this out. But no, it's still just so fucking inscrutable what you're trying to do and then just so difficult to get it precisely right. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess we could, we could stay a little bit more open-ended at first. Like, like, like had anyone played this game before prior to be, uh, to be, was it just me? Nope. No, I remember this game. I have a very clear childhood memory. I think I was probably, what year did this game come out? 86, 87. I think it was 86, 87. So I was def I was five. I was exactly wow. five years old. I was at school and we were having, I don't know what you would call it. It was like a, it was kind of like a field day, but it was all indoors. And it was like all this fun stuff for us to go around and do. And one of the little setups was a Nintendo, which I did not have at home. And I was like, holy shit, there's a Nintendo. But the game that they had on there wasn't Mario. Okay. It wasn't Duck Hunt. It was fucking Top Gun. A super (laughs) difficult game where they're making all this children come up. And it's like, oh, you get one life and then you're, you're done. It was, it was designed to get you out of there as quickly as possible. It's like, cause you know, it, that was a hard game, especially uh, uh, if you're like a child. But I remember playing it, but ultimately being like incredibly fascinated by the game because it's a 3D game. It's a flight similar simulator on an NES. Yes, it's all. It blew my mind. I was so happy I got to come back and play it and uh, finish it and and discover it again. But this is a game I've always thought about because of that memory of like seeing everyone just eat shit on it one after the other. <laughs> yes, in, when I was in uh, elementary school, <laughs> that was definitely had, me and my brother on our on our home NES. <laughs> I had never played this game before, and I agree with you about the difficulty of trying to land the ship. Mm-hmm. But also so funny to me to imagine like Maverick taking out all these MIGs and he's he's fucking like <laughs> ripping across the ocean, like yes. <laughs> destroying people <laughs> just just <laughs> eats it on the deck of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> <laughs> like, why didn't he slow down? Yeah. Why didn't he do yeah. any of the thing? Like he just Went into the water. Like, it's it's so... I love when a game presents, like, a reality, like a reality story, and but still offers you the option of, like, and then 
It's like every time you die in early parts of The Last of Us, it's like, come come with me, kid. And then you just like fall on like, like you immediately get your face t- torn off or something. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's such a funny idea for a story. Mm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if the story actually ended this way, it's like, oh, yeah. you just fucking slipped and fell and got eaten by zombies. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, when you land, it, it's and I think this game has some pretty decent art for the era. I mean, certainly the 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 title screen is like like looks pretty cool. You've got this uh, this nice pixel rendering of of uh, of a fighter jet and an F fourteen, and then and then when you go, when you go to land, because it's primarily presented, it's it's like a first person cockpit view. It goes to an ultra wide shot of the aircraft carrier, and and if you fucked it up, you just get to see your plane. Like for me, a lot of times it's just flying directly into the ocean, which is just. Again, just a funny reality to imagine that, that you know one pilot took single handedly destroyed six battleships in an aircraft carrier and then just flew right into the ocean in front of the lip of the ship. But here, here's the thing about the difficulty of the game, and mm-hmm. it's actually not a hard game. The problem is everybody plays it the wrong way because they're not listening to Mav. What does Mav tell you in Top Gun? You don't have time to think of th- up there. If you mm. think you're dead, <laughs> do not. When you're trying to land, you can't follow all the directions because, first of all, they're not displaying enough. Because if you slow down, that may ter- that may uh, if you go up. That's that might slow you down. If you go down, it might speed you up or I forget which one it is. But every time you make one move, it changes another variable. So you actually yes. have to kind of feel it. You have to know, all right, I need to be about, you know, 200, I need to be about at this level of elevation. And you just kind of aim and feel it. And you, every so often you look at that display. The, the mistake everyone makes is they they try to follow every command that they give. But those aren't commands. They're just suggestions. You're you're, you're a naval aviator. Why are you listening to a computer? <laughs> that I swear to God, the game is so much easier if you just feel it. It's the same thing with the fueling. You don't try, mm. oh, move left, move right, up, down. No, no, no. You just jam that son of a bitch in there and it will get in there. I promise you. The game is so much easier the less you think. Even the actual missions go for bulk with those missiles. You save up your missiles. You never stop shooting the guns at the enemies. And by the time you get to that last boss, you just shoot them. You just shoot that fucker up with missiles nonstop. You cannot be, you, they will not get you. The game is actually quite simple. As long as you kind of let go and not play it like a flight simulator, play it more mm. like an arcade game and just don't give a fuck and don't listen to the machines and the readouts. You go with your guts. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie has been wearing sunglasses the entire Entire record. Oh yes, yes. Like, oh yes. Not no joke. Like that's. I I know sometimes I'll be like, and Weiger's just drop dropping trow and walking in a traffic, which he like, just did that, actually. Which that's he true. which he just did yeah, for real. Yeah. Bad uh, example. But I think it's important. <laughs> I think it's important for the audience to to hear. Like you're you're a naval pilot. You gotta let go. Uh, no, stop no, 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 no. Naval aviator. Aviator. <laughs> aviator. Please aviator. Let's, let's get it correct. Thank you. And know <laughs> and know that these things are being told to us by somebody in full aviator shades. <laughs> yes.
Yeah, dual uh, purpose of also sparing my eyes because I have to stare at a screen enough and I have to show lights on. We love I, it. I, I want to talk about the look. music. Can we talk about yes. that music? Please. So uh, I, I second what's been said, which is seeing this on a home console, the NES, and, and playing what is essentially like a flight simulator-esque game. I, I was a little, I thought it was going to be a side-scrolling action game or like, you see the jet on screen and you're firing missiles at waves of enemies uh, a la like Sylphid or something. But being a first person, I was like, oh, wow, somebody really went for broke yeah. um, on, on Top Gun for the NES. You know what else I wasn't expecting? To hear the actual theme music when you start <laughs> the game. And sure enough, rendered in 8-bit glory is the Top Gun theme when you load up on the start screen. Just like the person like lovingly like recreating this with the NES sound chip, just like giving it everything they fucking got. Even even the drums start to feel pretty cool in this version. <laughs> yes. No, it's great. But other than this track, there is almost no music for the entire game. I don't know if that's because of like the resource handling on the NES or if it was it was just that they wanted it to feel like like there's the high pitched whine of an air airplane engine that like accompanies when you take off and other than that it's it's just shooting these other planes out of the air until you get to the refueling segment and then this little ditty plays This song fucking rocks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you die at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you fuck up. You can't refuel. You run out of fuel. Crash in the ocean. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on the, the, the sound design of, of, of it's like, like that, that first track gets you so amped. Yeah. And, I think this game would be 25% better if instead of like nothing, instead of just like jet wine ambiance while you're playing, while you're in the levels, if there was like a, a chiptune version of Danger Zone, like if that was just playing at yeah. all times, I think mm -hmm. that would just like just amp it up so much more. And yeah, I mean, like, 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 yes, the, the, the NES's audio capabilities were a little bit limited, but they did make a sequel also on NES and that does have background music during the levels. So yeah, they could have done uh, it. It's a, they could have done it. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely it feels like a it feels like a creative choice, or maybe they were just that limited in terms of when they needed to get it out. But I, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, speaking of the levels, there are only four of them, and the yeah. you know usually your mission is you, you start off and and it's like uh, you know it, it's it's uh, it, your first level is basically a tutorial. Then you got to blow up some battleships. And then you got to blow up some some ground defenses. The final mission. You have to uh, you have to blow up an enemy space shuttle. <laughs> the, the, the mission objective is mission four: destroy an enemy space shuttle. So you're basically 
murking the civilian space program of some unnamed nation. (laughs) It's so so evil. Just think about like fucking destroying, just killing a bunch of cosmonauts on the platform for, for some like a a vague technological advantage. It's just, it's just really nefarious. I want to also talk about the, because that there is just like the movies, a tone that you sort of have to, ignore about the actions you're taking, um, right. you know, in order to prog- progress in Top Gun. But the manual doesn't shy away from that tone. The manual leans into no. it pretty hard. Oh. Um, and I've got... The manual would, rules. The, the manual, I w- what, reading the manual, I was like, fuck, I have to go to war. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here, here I'm going to read a little bit from it. <clears throat> The enemy has invaded vital oil fields and is preparing to advance on our allies. Its Navy is fully deployed and our intelligence warns us they will soon commence an all-out attack on our task force in the region. Adding to the conflict, they have put into operation their latest space base, capable of launching killer satellites on a moment's notice. Your orders, Lieutenant are to immediately join the carrier USS Enterprise. From there, you will command a squadron of F-14s into battle with your primary mission being to knock out the enemy's leading air, sea, and land forces and then proceed forward, destroying the space base. Remember, the entire free world will be flying with you. If you (laughs) succeed, World War III will be averted. If you fail... May God help us all. Oh, my God. (laughs) Good luck. Signed, Mr. President. You crumple the orders and eat them. You know what you must do. (laughs) (laughs) Great to go whole scenario for you. Yes. I, I I guarantee the per this person was a dungeon master. I guarantee whoever wrote that had to be a like a DM <laughs> right. of of D and D back then. And he had a lot of fun. I like the signature of the president was just Mister President. He calls himself <laughs> Mister President. <laughs> it's me, Mister President. <laughs> uh, Leslie, wait, you finished this game? Yes. Wow, <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not bragging. It actually mm-hmm. is easy once you stop giving. Once you realize that, like when it tells you go up, up, down, down, like that's like the NES was not couldn't display the commands fast enough to actually help right. be helpful to you. So it's more about like feeling it and the combat. Like running away is very like useful. Just turning, like getting out of the way is more important than trying to shoot everything now. You can't shoot everything now. This is mostly, I mean, you see this again. If you actually watch the movie, it kind of teaches you how to play. Like you are, you are outgunned, so you have to. Like it's more about evading stuff and getting the right angles, and you only using your using your guns mostly and your missiles when you're desperate or on the final approach. Uh, the how far Heather Matt because I you know I got that I did about what I what I would do as a kid as I got through the first couple levels and then I was just like all right this is this is enough and I watched a, a, a watch a playthrough of the rest how did you guys fare in this encountering it for the first time I once I discovered that you could crash at the end of the first level could not pull back from the bit of always <laughs> crashing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, I went and watched a playthrough and I was like, okay, this is all basically the same. So I feel no pressure to, to continue. I, I want to get through this level and just fucking eat it next to an entire crew being like, oh no, no, Maverick, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got through the tutorial and like that's kind of it because even with even with a game as rudimentary as this, any yes. sort of flight simulation in any sort of video game makes me feel sick. Like I don't, I don't oh, have wow. the constitution for simulated flight, like at all. Like I, I don't do great on regular airplanes, honestly. Like I, I mean, I don't get sick. Um, I used to, uh, but I, I, I always it change the controls in flight sim games to the mm. other way. Uh, which I, I think they come default um, like up is down and then down yes. is up or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I always go the other way because that makes it easier for me. Because uh, How dare you? I, I know. I'm some freaking... I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's backwards where I'm from. Uh, but uh, yeah, this... I, uh, I couldn't play it for very long because I was also I was like, where are the tunes? Give me the tunes, baby. Uh, yeah, it, it it really I I do really think it would have benefited from some background music. Um, this is I found an article from I, I was trying to look for any context because I saw this game sold really well and I was trying to look for any context of what else was selling well around this time. The the the, the best source I could find was a June 1988 LA Times article entitled "The Joystick Lives." Uh, it's kind of a quaint little uh, uh, time capsule. Yeah, uh, here's a little bit from this. Virtually consigned to electronic oblivion three years ago, video games are back. Thanks to improved technology and better marketing, thousands of youngsters are now zapping such notorious bad guys as Evil Ganon, King Demon Beelzebutt, and Dr. Wily Humanoid. Video game sales exploited to $1.1 billion last year from $430 million in 1986, and many expect sales to hit at least $1.5 billion this year. Industry leader Nintendo of America predicts that the sales of game systems and cartridges will reach a whopping $1.9 billion by Christmas, the most since 1983 when sales hit $2 billion. Most experts believe that sales will peak under three billion sometimes in 1989, um, and then it has a little bit of, about the uh, uh, here we go. The, this little sidebar: the best-selling video games are Legend of Zelda and Mike Tyson's Punch Out. These Nintendo games have sold more than a million copies each. Frequently mentioned by retailers as leading sellers are Konami's Major League Baseball, actually published by LJN, and two games featuring the Air Force's F-14 fighter jet. Top Gun was huge at the era. Afterburner by Sega of America, they ported it, and Top Gun by MCA's LGN. Uh, toys unit that was actually published by Konami. They just flipped the publishers. But yeah, that, it was like this movie was so huge that people were just like, I'm I'm jet crazy. I, I remember that being a thing at like schools and 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 in Cub Scouts of just of just like people just like thought fighter jets were so fucking cool. And I'm sure we'll have a resurgence with uh, with Top Gun Maverick in the zeitgeist. Well, I mean, people always do pull the wrong lessons from things. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, right. Well, uh, yeah. well, oh, well, this this movie did so well. What we need is for a, for a man to turn into a jet. Like that. <laughs> it's like when um, everything, everywhere, all at once did well. And people were like, multiverses need to be in more movies. No, they don't. Yeah, right. Yes. Yes. I, I'm, I'm grumpy about this. Well, it'll be okay. I, 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 I don't think it will be. Have you seen movies lately okay. besides Top Gun? I don't think it's... Actually, it will not be okay, Sam. No, it won't be okay. 
It won't be okay, but maybe we'll get a Top Gun 3 in another 20 years. But it'll be a multiverse, Tavik. It'll be yeah. a multiverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. Ver- different version of Tom Cruise. That actually would be good. A Tom Cruise multiverse a different- movie would be incredible. That'd be fucking awesome. I pitched the idea on a, on a different pod about the, the Schwarzenegger, the Arnold action movie. Uh, a, a multiverse movie where just it's every Arnold. You just yeah. get all you get you get all the fucking you know you get the last action hero. You get the Predator Arnold. You get the T T one thousand or I'm sorry the T eight hundred, the good one and the bad one. You get them all. Get all those fucking Arnold fucks in one mo- one big movie. Get Junior in there. Why not? People Put would the love dad it. From Jingle All the Way in there. Why I mean, not? Put the cookie a, down. <laughs> there's a possibility that <laughs> I've never because seen it, but of um, <clears throat> because of like that Disney Plus. Luke Ham- Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, uh-huh. uh, tech, where it's like, oh, we can we can just make more of yes, young right. Luke, right? Mm-hmm. We might be in the last generation of new movie stars, and we might be Fuck, able to grim. see them in films in perpetuity forever. Like we could just see that movie in in thirty years, God. because somebody yeah. like probably Universal Pictures or will own the IP of Arnold Schwarzenegger and get mm-hmm. to bring out like the Arnold Schwarzenegger multiverse movie. So you're not the, saying that the window of me becoming a movie star is closing, <laughs> is it? Uh, uh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, okay. um, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still going to be a big movie star. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll be the mocap guy for Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, even pretending to run as fast as he does would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have to mention, and this might be a light spoiler, you do get to see Tom Cruise run in uh, the new Top Gun. There's not oh, a yeah. lot of reason for him to run, obviously, since he's a fire pilot, but they come up with a reason, so we get a brief running scene. Yeah. Not his best work. He doesn't actually hit the full 90-degree angle the whole yeah. time because he has his old flight suit on, but it's a pretty good run. It's a good run. I, I think I, I chose to to interpret it as a character choice. It's like he's not quite as nimble as Ethan Hunt of the Mission Impossible franchise. Yeah. You know, he's more he's more vehicle based. sort yeah, of. Yeah. Taking badass. all those G's is hard on the knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I do want to mention there is also another scene where Tom Cruise almost certainly injured himself on a really basic ass stunt. Like he hops a fence. But it's like a 10 foot drop and clearly and he like eats shit in the movie on it. And like right. uh, that's how he's like broke his ankle when he was doing what was it, a mission, impo- a couple yeah, of mission impossible yeah. ago. Uh, like all, he is he does all this crazy shit like he's hanging off the side of an airplane. But every time like when he's just like hopping the fence, like he just completely destroys himself. Yeah. I mean, he's a man in his late 50s. He probably should not be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a uh, but the movie the movie fucking owns uh, the game is was fine for its era it's not it's uh, I, I didn't I didn't have a blast revisiting it I you know I did kind of like revisiting it just as a nostalgia hit um, any other thoughts on on Top Gun for NES I would have liked to have seen like a fully rendered uh, NES Tom Cruise in the in the in the game. Yeah, for a licensed game you don't you don't get any licenses any licensed characters or image in fact no. all you have are you know lives and i wonder if that's like a commentary because you only get you get lives but it's really like the plane 
that you care right, about yes. getting destroyed. Not the person in the cockpit. There's no Goose. There's no Mav. There's no Iceman. They have no personality. It could be really easy. Like they even could say like, all right, life one, that's Maverick. Life two, that's Goose. Life three, that's Iceman. They don't even give you that. There's no personality. It's just like you are in that cockpit. You're the machine. And when one plane goes down, the next one comes and that, and you're still on mission. You're still out there blowing up those astronauts, killing those engineers and those <laughs> scientists, you know, to save the free world for Mr. President. Yes. Yeah. It, it said the, the manual even says you begin. Uh, it's great. It's great copy here. Honestly, the Read manual it. rules. Read it. Uh, you begin your mission with three aircraft. The game if you can call war a game <laughs> ends when your three planes are destroyed or when you accomplish your mission by taking out the enemy's space base. So like in the reality of this, I guess the idea is that you escape via parachute and because you are a maverick in the game. Um, but yeah, it, 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 a little bit more, a little bit more character from the it, 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 some likenesses would be nice. Don't they also mention in the manual the price, like the first line, I don't have it open anymore. The first line of the of the introduction is like about the price of the aircraft. Yes. Snug uh, in the cockpit of a $30 million war machine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rules. Um, hey, that was our that was our talk about uh, Top Gun for NES. It's time for the question block. Wait, wait, do I have an opportunity before we move forward to say Top Gun? More like Top Fun. Does that count as yeah. like a joke that you guys would do? That's I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I have no notes about it. I thank you for okay, saying okay. it. I, like, okay. Thank you. Good. If you didn't like it, you could have been like slop gun or something. Not well, I guess that's fun. like game slop. Not fun. <laughs> Still not fun, fun is, is in there fun, though. That's, like, good. Okay. that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. Okay. All right. okay. It's time for the question block. Uh, this one's from at Eric J also on Twitter, and they write: I pl- I played that as a little kid and only could fi- actually get into gameplay one out of probably fifty times because of the opening sequence. Have any game mechanics ever prevented your gameplay, and have you ever been able to return to it? I'm confused by the question. Yeah, they mean the, the they're they're just talking about the like the game the being so diff- yeah they like they had such a hard time mm. with the uh, the game uh, the tutorial that they couldn't ever get into the game. Has has there ever been an instance when playing a game you're like I this mechanic is uh, either not is either too challenging or not fun uh, for me. I'm I'm done with this. Like a quick tap out. Like I'm like I'm fucking done with this. Yeah. Uh, good question. There was a, a, an early window in Elden Ring when I was so obsessed with figuring out parry timing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. since I couldn't figure out parry timing, I was like, fuck this game. And <laughs> then I realized, no, I need to embrace a different philosophy of attacking where I'm not going to be parry centric. This isn't, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's it's going to be me going as hard as I can at each of these uh, each of these enemies. But there was a short window where I was like this. If I can't figure out this fucking parrying, it's it's over. I'm done. Yeah. Pretty close. Got close. But wow. then look what happened to you. There you go. I, I, I became the Lord of f- Frenzied Flame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I mean, usually when I bounce off of a game, it's it's not because of er- an early difficulty spike. Although I'm, I'm thinking now that, that I have me, it has me thinking about back in the NES days. What, like, were there some the you know what? Here's one that comes to mind. And this was a really like a, a very, a very bad game 
that was also a licensed game. My friend had Back to the Future for NES. And there's like a let like it like as you progress, uh, there's like a level where I think you're catching milkshakes. Uh-huh. It's kind of like Tapper, the arcade game, and it's just as you're like you're moving your character up and down to catch milkshakes in some sort of some uh, you know, weird reference to uh, a, a scene in the movie, and it's just so fucking hard, and you can't uh, like you can't fa- like it's like it's it's like one failed death sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I just like remember tapping out of that one very early on. I'm sure there were other NES games that 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 fucking uh, if it wasn't something that I made my parents buy for me um, and then was just like locked into that game to be the one game that I was going to play for however long until they got sick of me whining about wanting another game um, and <laughs> bought that one. Then then like if it was like a game I borrowed from a friend or something or a game I rented. Yeah, I, I bounced off of some of those pretty quick. What about you, Leslie? Any any game mechanics make you bounce off of anything? I'm trying to th- think. I'm, I can't think back to the NES days. I'm sure there's a few, but the number one thing that makes me bounce off of games now is like get taking too long to get to the action. Like if it takes mm. more than like I would say three minutes to get into gameplay from a game that's on like Game Pass, like I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna uninstall it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just it's just too <laughs> much. It's like especially when they're always like these quirky indie games. They're clearly trying to copy a more popular game, but they add in their own little flavor. So they have to give you a full tutorial. I'm like, no, no. I wanted to play this because I thought it was gonna be like a 2D version of Dark Souls. I could just go in, but no, I gotta learn that actually the attack is is a B plus Z and all that stuff that's the normal that's usually when it's when they make you try to learn too much uh or yes. they spend too much time before they actually just get you in the gameplay especially when it's a simple game when it looks like a simple game i feel mm-hmm. like that's very common now in the past couple of years where I, where these games are like okay i know i played this genre before i got it i get it and then you get into the gameplay and there's like they're mixing it up and that's not a bad thing but it's like i came in expecting one thing and now you're like trying to make me learn shit i'm like i'm not that super into it <laughs> There's a on that topic. There's a great Twitter account, uh, Time Until Actual Gameplay at Time Until Game. Uh, I just opened it up, and it just sort of it says how long, uh, you know, until uh, the like how many minutes are, are elapsed until you actually get to the gameplay part of a game. So like it takes seven minutes twenty eight seconds until you're actually playing Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, but the pin tweet is uh, is is the best. It takes one hour, 11 minutes, and two seconds until you are actually playing Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, great. Okay, here's, a, here's another question. This one's from at dig underscore dude 64 on Twitter, and they write, how much should a licensed game deviate from its source material? Is it best to keep the given story or do something different in the same universe like Enter the Matrix? This is a great question. I do kind of feel like the games that like I I, I always think of the Riddick, uh, the, the Chronicles of Riddick Xbox game. I think it's Escape from Butcher Bay, mm-hmm. and, and it was like that was like that was like pr- like a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of they just sort of if, if memory serves, kind of did their own thing. They just kind of told their own story within that universe. I always feel like that's the approach. You know, it's just just take the take what's cool about the IP and then find a good setting for the game. When you try to retell the story of like something that already exists. I don't know. I just feel like it's like, just like a less, less satisfying narrative format usually. Yeah. There's, um, well, the, 
I played a lot of these um, of, of, mm-hmm. of, uh, when I was a kid, and uh, I, I remember in the the episode three uh, Revenge of the Sith game, which did come out like a month before the movie came out. So if you got the game uh, before you saw the movie, you like knew it exactly. I mean, you sort of knew what was going to happen anyway because it was always right. you know, building to a conclusion. But um, it like spo- it spoils the whole it spoils the whole movie, which is kind of funny. But if you um, you can get an alternate ending in that game. Where if you are during the Mustafar fight uh, and you you lose to Anakin, uh, like the ending of the game, and then the end is different, obviously, because like you're not supposed to, uh, Anakin's not supposed to lose that fight. Um, but I think Wait, I, you get like a cinematic, that, yeah, that shows what happens where Obi Wan to be defeated by Anakin. Yeah, because then he goes and kills Palpatine, and then becomes. Uh, um, so like it's like it's like a, wow. a, a different branch. It's actually kind of interesting. Uh, That's cool. But um, I can't think of another, another game that like does anything like that. And that's not necessarily deviating from it. That's it's literally following the story to a T until you get to that. That's the only opportunity for it to be different at all. Um, right in the game. Uh, you but get- a lot of the best Star Wars games were ones where they're just kind of like, here's a new character, and yeah. this is kind of their thing. You know, like here, like. Uh, like Tie Fighter, it's just like, hey, you're a Tie Fighter pilot. This is kind of its own story. You'll, you'll, hey, you'll run into Grand Admiral Thrawn and and Darth Vader here and there, but but by and large, this is its own story. Yeah, I really like canonically, uh, canonically true, but separate stories. Like I really mm. like Jedi Fallen Order and the fact that there's references to it in Obi Wan. I really like Rogue Squadron. I, I mean, like Wait, I there like, are? yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's uh there's there's crossover between Fallen Order wow. and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh and I I love that that stuff like tingles my 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 hair bones. What what's the phrase? <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. That's, that's it. What's, we've all been saying that this whole time. That tingles my hair bones. What <laughs> yeah, so I I I prefer that. I don't want to just reenact anything. I want to. I want to be like this. Also happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that's my feeling. Yeah, that's why the Chronicles of Riddick games are so good. I mean, because Vin Diesel personally involved, he was like, "No, we. This game has to not just be like a good licensed game. It has to be a good game. It also has right. to be a good Riddick story." And he also took that to the um, anime, uh, the adaptate, the animated adaptation. Um, Dark Fury, which uh, Peter Chung of Eon Flux fame uh, did. Mm. And it's also another story in the Riddick universe. And it's not just a cheap cash grab to get on DVD. No, it says it's the same quality universe that you expect from the Riddick uh, film series. Wow. That's awesome. I didn't even know about that. I remember my uncle playing that that Riddick game and being like, I don't even know anything about this character or anything, but it seemed because uh, it seemed cool to me though. I was like, oh, like I and I've still never, I've not seen a single uh, second of anything Riddick. With with how Tom Cruise uses his star power to just kind of like get his way, it does kind of make you wish that like Tom Cruise was into video games. So oh he'd God, just be like, yeah. I, there has to be an awesome Mission Impossible video game, and I'm gonna make sure that you know I I use the full weight of my star power. Mm. Uh, as leverage to make sure that the developers get all the time they need, all the resources yeah. they need, and that this thing actually plays great. The uh, I remember liking the Minority Report video game uh, when I was young. I don't think it's good. Um, I don't think it's it, it's hmm. meant to be a good game. Um, but um, 
his likeness is also not in it. Uh, yeah. And, but I remember the fun thing in that game being, uh, it had like funny, um, like ragdoll physics. So like, if you got killed, you like, would it was just really funny. Like the way you would just basically crumble like a, like a, like, and like the toys in toy story when a, a human was coming into the room, just like plop really funny. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so Tom Cruise has never even once appeared in the video game, even though some properties yeah. uh, that ha- that he's been involved in have been adapted. There was a Mission Impossible uh, game that was coming out around the time of the movies, but his likeness is in it and his publicist and his publicist refused to comment on why he doesn't appear. I suspect it probably has to, something to do with old Elrond. Old mm, Elrond might yeah. not be happy sense, yeah. with uh, gaming and doesn't want... You know, Tommy involved in that sort of thing. Right. If he wants me to quit, I'll quit. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is done. Yeah. We're fucking done with this. Yeah. Um, we'll scrap this. Okay. One, one more qu- question. Yes. I think this is a great question. This is from at Mark Rosenthal on Twitter. Uh, and they write, aliens attack Earth in orderly columns and rows. You have been chosen to lead our final assault. You can choose any video game aircraft to pilot. Which do you choose and why? I think this is a great question. Fuck. That's a good question. First off, humanity is doomed if that's me. I don't, oh, the, yeah. Those kind of yeah. <laughs> you want like me to Galicas, the space invaders, uh, space invaders of the world. Like that was that was never my uh, my cup of tea. Um, uh, that's a great question. I'm trying to think of the, the the you'd want something nimble, but something with a lot of firepower. I'm thinking of like the 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 194X series. Mm-hmm. I always felt like they were just like badass planes and those that could just absolutely annihilate everything. But maybe I'd honestly, you know, I think I'd take an R wing from Star Fox. Mm. And oh. hopefully I'd have my wingmen. Uh, I'd have Peppy and and Slippy Toad and uh, was it uh, Falco? Of course. Hopefully I'd have them by my in my ear. Um, and then afterwards we could hang out, which would be fun. That'd be a good answer. A, a good answer. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe one thing leads to another. What the? All right. Ah. Uh, why? What? What is? Uh, We're almost done, man. Like. <laughs> Do a barrel roll. <laughs> sure thing. Oh, no, no. No, just end the episode right there. Okay. Just- <laughs> we, it's a good question. What, it's a good, what it's a good craft question. would you want? What, what right. craft would you want to, to, to defeat an alien invasion? I would so, want a gummy oh, ship, of course. I'm just going to get oh, that out of the way. A gummy nice, ship. Oh, nice. hearts. Like, great, duh. great, 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 great. That's my great. answer. Um, wow. I would say that the... Uh, the uh, original Gundam appears in a ton of video games. I would I would accept that. Mm-hmm. But if it had to be a video game first ship, mm-hmm. I would take the ship from Ikaruga, which was a fucking awesome shooting game. Uh, and you could flip the polarity of your ship so that you could dodge certain bullets oh. and pass through other bullets. And it was, I mean, it was just, it's a, Great, 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 great game. And so that was where my heart went immediately. It was, oh, that ship. Really cool mechanic. Was wait, that was one that was like a it was like a Saturn only shooter for a while or something. I'm trying to remember it was very hard to play. Uh, Dreamcast. Or I can't remember was, maybe I it was Dreamcast. Didn't get localized or something. I can't remember. Yeah. It was uh it was a Dreamcast game, and I feel like it, you know, didn't sell well here because no Dreamcast games sold well here. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, it was awesome though. Oof. And then it came out for GameCube, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 4. So you can play it today if you're like, you can play it now. What, what game is Heather talking about? Look up Ikaruga. <laughs> it's great. 
Uh, Leslie, a ship you would choose to uh, beat back an alien invasion? I'm thinking I'm probably going to go with the Eben, Eben Hulk from KOTOR. Uh, the mm. the not Millennium Falcon. It was a pretty cool ship. You do get to fly and shoot it. So I'm not. Oh, I was yeah. thinking I was going to say the Normandy from Mass Effect, but you don't actually ever pilot that thing. You just watch no. cutscenes of it. So I don't know if that really counts. But the Ebon Hawk. It was a pretty cool ship. It's got a nice crew on it. It's all about the crew. It's about the. It's not about the ship. It's about the pilot. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a takeaway. Yeah. That's kind of the er example, honestly, of like like a licensed game. I feel like just Kotor kind of does his own thing in the universe, and it's just like that's a yeah, that's a really good one regarding that earlier question. Um, hey, you can follow us on social media at Get Played Pod. Our music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And this month's We Play You Play is Norco, available on PC Game Pass coming Monday, June twenty seventh. If you want to play along, download it, check it out, and check out our premium show Get Animated. Uh, Heather, what are we talking about this week? Uh, I think we're talking about episodes five and six of Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, my favorite show of all time. And I think the boys are coming around on it, too. Well, you'll have to listen to find out at patreon.com slash get played or coming to Stitcher Premium June 29th. Leslie Lee III, an absolute delight to talk with you about video games. Uh, anything you would like to plug at this time? Uh, yes, just check out Struggle Session at sesh.plus or patreon.com slash struggle session. We have tons and tons of bonus episodes for you to listen to featuring, of course, uh, Nick Weiger on multiple occasions. We did a big oh, yeah. episode on a Final Fantasy that's just huge. We talked about every single of the mainline uh, games in the series. I'm excited. We, we might have to redo it from the beginning once they put out the new 16. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, to check out Struggle Session. Are you still doing Culture? Oh, Culture, yes. Culture, you can find me on the call-in app. We just did an episode on Crimes of the Future. I gave my review of that. We also talk about wrestling on Wednesday nights, and you and Mitch have been on our Wednesday night wrestling show. That's every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on the call-in app. That was a blast. Uh, yeah, check that out, 1900culture.com. And hey, there we go. I guess I got a need. A need to get played, baby. Wait, what? He says that. Was good, I th- Matt. I, I'll just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> we are from the Republic of Gresbonia.